0: is all about the modern pioneer woman and the real MVP on her unique journey of becoming and being who God has called her to be. The pursuit teaches us that the divine connection between faith, behavior modification, and wealth in every area of our lives should no longer be denied. I'm your host, Victoria Grace, board certified behavior analyst, healthcare business builder, and founder of Dare to Pursue. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey there, Dare to Pursue family. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this movement. I'm so glad that you're here, like usual. Go ahead and give yourself a huge pat on the back for intentionally choosing to be a part of this conversation that will most definitely help all of us level up spiritually, personally, and professionally. But the focus, y'all. Today is going to be spiritually and you guys know that when we level up spiritually it trickles down into every area of our lives when we are low right when we have low hanging fruit on the spiritual end it trickles down into every area of our lives right So, If you're new here, welcome. I am so glad that you're here. Go ahead and make sure that you hit that subscribe button on whatever app you are listening on. You will get a fresh episode on either the wealthy place, healthy behavior change, and current topics related to the modern-day pioneer woman, the modern-day servant leader, and the real MVP every single week. Happy, happy, happy new week, you guys. I pray that your last week was off the chain. I pray that you had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode. I'm going to stop you right here just in case you have not. Last week's episode was a part one to today's episode, okay? So you want to make sure that you go back and listen to that episode before you listen to this one so that you're caught up, you know exactly what's going on. You're connected outside of the podcast and you kind of get where God has taken us. So it'll be easier for you to pick up what I'm about to put down here because this is going to be a little bit heavy. This is going to be hard for some of us to hear, but it's going to be required because many of us have made the choice to be one foot in and one foot out in our pursuit. We've made the choice to be one foot in and one foot out in our Christian life, in our pursuit of God. We've made the choice to say and think, hey, I love God. I pray in the morning, but I can still go over here and act this way whenever I want to because... But we're, we're going to get right into this. But I wanted to say happy new week. And if you listened to last week's episode, please go and listen to that first and then head back on over here because we will also be getting to, into our first name and title for God. I'm super excited about it. You see it in the title. Prepare for things to get messy. Part two, Jehovah Rapha. This is so powerful, you guys. This is so powerful. And it has to be spoken about. It has to be spoken about. I have to go back and just do a brief overview of last week, prepare for things to get messy. I said last week that when you decide that you're going to pursue, because you are no longer aiding in the enemy. So in the devil's army, because when you have not given God your yes, when you have not picked a side, when you're practicing religion over relationship, this may be difficult for some people, but if you feel like you can still go from zero to 100 real quick and still do things God's way, it doesn't mix. I'm sorry, but you are aiding in the enemy's army. Sorry, sorry, sorry. However, when you go ahead and decide You're going to do things God's way. You're going to dare to pursue. You're going to be consistent in this. You're going to be intentional in this. You're a part of the 90-day challenge and you're taking it seriously. You're watching your mouth. You're waking up in the morning and you're speaking the names of God over yourself. You're prophetically stretching to show God that, yes, I want to be stretched in the physical, but also want to be stretched in the spiritual as well. The enemy is going to be mad. Okay. He does not want the manifestation of what God has for you and over your life to come to fruition. So he's going to do whatever he can to stop it, to hinder it, to frustrate you, to foil it, to get you to kind of put it on the back burner, for you to go back into your old ways and be who you used to be, to go back into imposter syndrome. Like, well, maybe what I thought God said isn't true for you to question your spiritual gifts, for you to question your discernment, for you to question everything that God has told you for you to think that you're crazy. Okay. This has been a theme here recently, but because God is so good, he gives us the tools that we need beforehand so that we can stop responding to things in a defensive way and having the opportunity or for there to even be an option for us to fail or for us to lose. He gives us insight beforehand. He tells us, hey, here's your offensive strategy. This is what will help you. And the strategy, of course, is his word. But he's given us the strategy to number one, watch with our mouth and watch what we say, which means we are now filling our mind with things that are positive, with biblical truths on a regular basis and not just things that are positive. I mean, literally, God's word, biblical truths. So, you know, Jeremiah 29 and 11 up and down. You know, Psalms 91 up and down. You know, Psalms 23 up and down. Like, you know what you know and you know it well. So that when anything happens, you You immediately, okay, you immediately go to the word rather than what your flesh wants to respond rather than how the world wants you to respond. And sometimes you guys, you will respond with what God has to say and that people still won't like your delivery, okay? They still won't like your delivery, but that's okay because you'll be responding in the way that God said with the bullets of the word and not the bullets of the world, Okay, so prepare for things to get messy for some of us, prepare for things to get messier. I shared that many of the things that I come on and share with you guys is because I'm either going through it right now. I went through it last month, last year or 10 years ago. So when I'm bringing it to you is because God has showed me like, hey, you are a literal living testimony of what I have announced. And I believe that that is true for you as well. So before we go any further, I want to give you guys this scripture. It is Psalm chapter 30. Again, Psalm chapter 30. The first name for God that we have on our list is Jehovah Rapha. Again, the first name for God that we have on our list, which is a part of our watch and mouth challenge, is Jehovah Rapha. And I went to God and I said, God, how do you want me to do this? How do you want it to go? And he so good. So good. So good. OK, Jehovah Rapha. We're going to go to Psalm. Like I said, Psalm 30. We know who wrote the Psalms. King David did. And. Particularly, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And when you go to the New Living Translation, it says a Psalm of David, a song for the dedication of the temple. What better way to start this series out, to start this out in our challenge? Right. Remember, I sent out the email starting strong to finish strong. What better way to start all than through a song or a psalm that was for the dedication of the temple? So prophetically, we're dedicating ourselves back to God when we told him, yeah, we're going to go ahead and pursue. When we said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and watch our mouths for the next 90 days. So I thought that that was so prophetic because I had no idea that this was even a thing until God led me to a psalm. 30, okay? So again, New Living Translation, Psalm chapter 30. It is only 12 verses. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy saying, what will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your fruitfulness and faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. I think that this is so good because this psalm shows the messiness of David's life at the time. Right? And the first part, he's saying, I will exalt you, O Lord, you rescued me. And then he goes down and he's like, when I was prosperous, he said, nothing can stop me now. Then he went down and he says, then you turned away from me and I was shattered. But I cried out to you, O Lord, I begged the Lord for mercy saying, what will you gain if I die? If I sink into the grave, can my dust praise you? Can I, can it tell of your faithfulness and your fruitfulness? Hear me, O Lord, mercy on me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Messiness is twofold right now in this season. It's messiness that's being produced by people around you, situations around you, cycles of chaos and demonic patterns. And it's messiness that you yourself are allowing into your life because of your behavior, because of the choices that you're making. I hope that makes sense. David clearly said, your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. And then you turned away from me and I was shattered. I asked the Lord for mercy, which meant he did something. His behavior wasn't right. And I believe it was because, let me see. Let me see y'all, because I don't want to give you guys the wrong timing for this. But I could think of two things in David's life. David was told at a very early age that he was going to be the king of Israel. He was told he was going to be the king of Israel. But then in the middle, right, in the pursuit of that, he was like 16 or something like that, maybe even younger. He didn't become king until years and years and years later. Saul knew that this is what God said and still tried to kill him. So God, either he was in this place where he was saying Well, you the one that told me this. I was prosperous and then this happened. You know, I killed Goliath, right? And then now the king of Israel is trying to kill me so that I can't have the manifestation of what you have declared and created over my life come to pass. Another thing was he was so prosperous. This was after he became king. He was so prosperous. And then what did my mans do? If you guys know the story, you know. I want to say it was Bathsheba. His best friend was off to war fighting for him. He wanted Bathsheba, which was the best friend's husband. He wanted her so bad that he came up with a plot to kill the best friend on the battlefield so that the friend wouldn't find out that he had an affair with Bathsheba. Okay. So again, I don't know where this is lying, but we can look at this in different ways in David's life. Now that was a whole different level. You didn't kill your best friend because you slept with his wife and got her pregnant and you didn't want him to know. So you plotted to kill him. Come on now, David. However, I believe that God still had mercy on him, right? God still had mercy on him. So I want you guys to know that the messiness for some of us is twofold. Some of us are either in the place and in the space where the messiness is coming from the cycles of chaos, the people around us, the the whatever you want to call it, okay? It's coming from other places. And then for some of us, we're creating our own mess self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, and the list goes on. I need to say this right now because I'm going to share a dream that God gave me. And I believe that it is very, very, very real for you as well. The world that we live in is only going to get crazier, which is why I'm continually talking about making sure that your mind is in alignment with God's wealthy place, with Jesus's wealthy place, with the wealth mindset, that your mind is aligned and you are doing the work to find your voice so that you can build and expand what God is telling you to build and expand so that you are not reliant on the things of the world. I'll say it once and I'll say it again. There are no recessions in the kingdom kingdom of heaven, okay? I personally live in a realm of unlimited possibilities and many people around me, they can't grasp that. They can't wrap their head around it because they want to pursue the way they want to pursue or they haven't even decided to pursue. So the things that God has put on the inside of my head, it's hard for them to wrap their head around because... Oh, you guys gave, God gave me this earlier, but the neuroplasticity of our brains, we have certain pathways that have been embedded in us and embedded in our brains. And if we don't do the work to not only change our behavior, modify our behavior so that the faith matches the works, but also modify our mind and our thinking, we will only be able to think one way because that is how our brains are designed. We've been thinking this way for 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 years, maybe 10, maybe a year because something traumatic happened to us, right? You've got to get out of that cycle of thinking the way the world wants you to think and thinking the way that your flesh feels is right. We have to get out of making decisions based off of our flesh and what we feel because your feelings are lying to you probably majority of the time. Something I had to come to the realization of your emotions, Your feelings are lying to you a majority of the time. Many of us are plagued by perverted thoughts, perverted feelings, perverted thinking processes, perverted thought processes and pathways, perverted habits. This is something that I am not getting into in this episode, But I will get into as God continues to further develop that for me. But the whole thought process and neuroplasticity of the way that the mind works compared to the mind actually being perverted and then trickling down to our behaviors being perverted. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Like I said, This message today is kind of two-parted or twofold, if you will. You're either on one side or you're on the other or your feet are dabbling in both sides, point blank and period, okay? For most of us, the enemy is still an issue, okay? I'm not saying that we don't have a common enemy that we have to be on the offensive for and make sure that we're fighting against offensively, even defensively if we have to. But for the most part, God wants us to offensively. That's why he's here with the strategy. That's why he's trying to tell you beforehand. He's trying to let you know that he's trying to break things off in your family. But because you're so used to doing things a certain way or because you've experienced trauma, you're not able to see it the way that he wants you to see it. So for most of us, the enemy is still an issue. But for a lot of us, we are our own enemy. We won't yield. We think we know it all. We think because we've been doing this Jesus thing for a long time, nobody can tell us anything. We're haughty. We don't know our place in our household when all the while, because our thoughts are perverted by the things of the world, we are sending ourselves and those that we influence straight to hell. And if you didn't know, if you're listening to this podcast, you have influence. You've had it for a very long time. Maybe you realized it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you've used it for good in the bad in the past. Maybe you've used it for bad in the past. Maybe you've manipulated people. We have to be real in this season. You have influence. So the blood is going to be on your hands for your stubbornness. The blood is going to be on your hands because you think you know it all. The blood is going to be on your hands. But here's the good news. Because we're preparing for things to get messy or we're getting ready for things to get messier and God has warned us, we already have the strategy. We already have the strategy to overcome our cycles of chaos, our self-sabotage, the demonic patterns. We have the strategy. And what is it? The current challenge that we're in, the word of God, we have the strategy, okay? So I just have to keep saying that I want to give you guys this dream that I had. I shared that, you know, God has just been developing me in this way. He allows me to see things and he's still developing me. So I had a dream about me getting shot and then I was fearful of getting shot. And just to say right now, when I first woke up, I, of course, prayed against shootings, mass shootings, school shootings, shootings against me and my family, all the things, right? Came up against it, sent it back to the pits of hell. Yeah, you know. But then I said, okay, God, what was this about? Because in the dream, I was, first I was fearful to get shot. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get shot or whatever. And mind you, I'm not, I'm just standing there. I'm literally like just living life. And a fear comes over me, I'm going to get shot. And then it actually happens. But when it happens, I'm still able to move. I'm still going after I was hit. And the shots were coming, okay? And I felt like I was hit, but when I looked down, there was no wound. There was nothing. And so I believe that this goes right into our message of prepare for things to get messy because the shots will be fired. But because you have a prayer shield over you. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Even though the shots will be fired, you have got to respond with the word. You have got to respond by continuing to do what God told you to do. You have got to respond by being unapologetically who God called you to be. You have got to respond. You cannot shrink because you're afraid of the shots that are being fired. You cannot shrivel because you're afraid of the shots being fired. You cannot hide. Another dream I had, and I think that it is corporate and it's not just for me, is that I kept trying to hide in these rooms and in these closets. And I don't know if you guys ever played hide and go seek as a kid, but you would like hide and try to like, blend your body in with the clothes or the blanket right on the floor or on the bed or wherever you are well in the dream I kept getting exposed and it was like you are not hiding you cannot hide anymore you're not good at hiding and I believe that it's spiritual it's spiritual because many of us want to continue to hide in the spirit Number one, because we don't want the mantle that God has given us. We don't want the responsibility. We think that the mantle and the responsibility is a burden. I've been there. Trust me. I spoke about it in the last episode. Well, I didn't speak about it in the last episode, but I hinted towards it. We think that it's a burden, but really it's a blessing. Many of us are hiding because we don't want to get through the fear. We don't want to go through the healing process that we need to go through. Many of us are attempting to hide. I want to make sure I put that in there. Attempting to hide because of various reasons. It's easier to go from zero to 100. It's easier to say, well, I've always been this way. So this is how I'm going to stay. And this is how I'm going to remain. It's easier to do things the world's way because you won't have any backlash, right? Other than from God. (laughs) He probably going to torment you until you do what he wants you to do. But as soon as you give God your yes, things get messy because the enemy wants to try to pull down every little thing in your life. He's upset that you've broken that generational curse. He's upset that you've made that decision to be different. He's upset that you're the real MVP and now you know it. He's upset that now God has another person in his army actively fighting Again, actively fighting, not just on the sidelines. So Jehovah Rapha is the first part of our speaking the names of God. Remember, we're doing this every single day at the first 10 minutes of our day while also prophetically stretching. If we go back to Psalm 30 verse 2, O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. Jehovah Rapha means very, very plainly the God who heals. So I want to give you guys this, and I want to say very specifically this is where we're starting healing, healing healing. You're going to continue to speak the names of God and the titles of God over your life every single morning, but you're also going to ask God for healing. So in that 10 minutes, and you speak the names of God, you're like, Yahweh, thank you. And then you say, Jehovah Rapha, I trust you. I trust that you are a God that cannot lie. I trust that you are a God that's going to heal myself, heal the parts of your physical body that you need healing in, heal the parts of your spiritual body that you need healing in, heal your perverted thoughts, remove your perverted thoughts. He's going to heal and transform your mind heal your family, heal the relationships, heal your marriage, heal your spouse, heal your siblings, heal your children. Jehovah Rapha, Psalm 30 verse 2, Oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored my health spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. That's what he can do. Then verse three says, you brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. This is what God wants to do for you. This is a part of seeing his glory, uh, experiencing his glory and operating in his glory. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, he can heal you. So that when the messiness comes and it starts to show its ugly head, you're so tied up in the fact that he's Jehovah Rapha that you're unbothered by the messiness. You're unbothered when the shots are fired. You keep moving when the shots are fired. The enemy thinks he has good aim, but really it's going right over your head. Really, those bullets are being returned back to your enemy. The same bullets that he set for you are now being turned back to him and are set for him. The same noose that he set for you is now being used on him. It may sound harsh or violent, but remember, yes, our God is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. He is a man of war and he does not play about his children and you are his child. And he wants you to understand what it means to operate in the office of a daughter or a son if you are a man on this uh, podcast. So. Going forward, Jehovah Rapha, he wants to heal you in the mess. It takes me back to when God told me that I was a living testimony of what heaven has announced. I said that I wasn't ready to reveal exactly what that was referring to. and It can can refer to multiple things, but you are a living testimony that God can heal in a place or in a space that looks messy. God can still heal you when you're being attacked. God can still heal you when your mental state seems like it wants to decline. God can still heal you because he's the God that can do anything. You are the living testimony of what heaven has announced concerning your bloodline. Yes, prepare for things to get messy, but this is just a forewarning to let you know that things are going to get messy, but they're going to be like, why is she so happy? Why is she so calm, cool, and connected? Why is she unbothered? Why? Because Jehovah Rapha is not a God that should lie. He is exactly who he said he is. He has healed in the messiness. He has stopped us from being the messiness. He has allowed us to close our mouth when we need to close our mouth. He's allowed us to speak when we need to speak. He has healed us in the messiness. Now, Jehovah Rapha is not just seen in Psalms chapter thirty. It's seen actually all over the Bible. It's in Exodus, it is in Daniel, it's in 2 Kings. But Jehovah Rapha, it is Hebrew, obviously. It means the Lord who heals in Hebrew. That's why verse two of Psalm 30 is exactly that. Oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. And what did he do? He restored my health. My health. So this can be your health again, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things. Jehovah Rapha is one of the many different names of God that we are going to go through. And of course, it's found in the Old Testament. Jehovah Rapha has the power to heal physically. You can find that in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10. Emotionally. Psalm 34 and 18. Mentally. Daniel 4, 34, and spiritually, Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3. I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3. Again, this is a Psalm of David, and I'm going to go ahead and start at verse 1. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Verse 2, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Verse three, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. This is spiritual healing. When you are healed and redeemed and forgiven of all your sins and all of your diseases are healed in the natural. So physically, right? Spiritual diseases, generational curses. Okay. All of these things. This is what God wants to heal you from. But again, you have to be a willing vessel. I want to go ahead and read verses four and five after it says, he forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death again, right? Psalm 30, right? They were redeemed from death. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies God wants you to know what it's like to be loved by him. He wants you to know what it's like to live in this realm of unlimited possibilities, to be in Jesus's wealthy place. You have to be a willing vessel. You have to allow Jehovah Rapha to be Jehovah Rapha. So even when things get messy, even when the people that you love, you feel like at this point you're alone. Even when you feel like you have nowhere to turn, you have Jehovah Rapha. He is the one who can sustain you. He is the one that you cast your cares on. He is the one who will heal you. Verse five says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. He fills my life with good things. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. This is jehovah this is the second part of your warning to prepare for things to get messy pass the check mark okay pass the checkpoint again if you did not listen to last week's episode then you may not know what i'm talking about go back and listen to it pass the checkpoint with flying colors save the game at this checkpoint so that you can move on so that you can have that behind you So that you won't dwell on it like you have in the past. So that you can still be at peace and enjoy your life and the blessings that God has given you even when the messy things show up. I love you guys so much. This is all that I have for you today. Please go ahead and share this episode with the last five people that you told that you love. Please go ahead and make sure that you're connected everywhere for Dare to Pursue. If you are not connected outside of this podcast, you are definitely missing out because I can't share everything here on the podcast in 35 to 40 minutes. So love you guys so much. I think I'm probably a little bit more cooler on live too. And inside the Facebook group. (laughs) But I do love the podcast. It's really soothing for me. Somebody actually said the other day, you guys know that I have picked up contracts and things like that since I've become a BCBA. And the girl gets on the meeting that I was having and she's like, your voice is so nice and soothing. You should have a podcast. And in my head, I'm like, little do you know. But honey, they don't need to know my business. You know, if she comes across this, hey girl, hey. But I don't think, I'm not sure if she will. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I love you guys so much. Be blessed, be encouraged. know that Jehovah Rapha has your back, okay, heaven's armies is backing you, and be okay with things being messy because the blessings of the Lord are still there. The enemy wants the messiness in your life to stop you from enjoying the joys and the blessings that God has for you. He wants the messiness to hinder you to make you sad to make you lay in a bed all day to put you in a place of depression like all the things like and we're not doing that okay because you're prepared for the messiness to happen and god prepared me but it's just more reinforced now it it it, it just gets reinforced the more that life continues to go on and i continue to get blessed and you know he continues to do these things in my life it's okay you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And since we're in the world and not of the world, the messiness will happen. The things will happen, but that doesn't mean we get to turn our back on God. It doesn't mean that we get to turn our backs on ourselves. Okay. Love you guys so much. See you in the next episode.